Hello, and welcome to the Swift Talk. I'm Kate, the Swifty. I'm not so Swift Sam. You sure are. That I am. We made a friend today. We did. Thank you, Chrissy. At the Dunkin' Donuts in Greenland, New Hampshire. Just being a real gem. Uh, just the most delightful human being. Just yeah. really loved her. Yeah. Snowy Monday, pure sunshine. Yeah. Visit her over in Greenland. Yeah. Say hi. Tell her those nice people sent you. Yeah. Oh, the nice ones? Oh, I <laughs> okay. remember the nice yeah. ones. <laughs> so lots going on in Taylorland. Really? Yeah. Yep. Because I've been... I have not been getting a lot on my, you know, my world famous Taylor Radar. Yeah. Always having that finger on the pulse. With Real up to date. Yeah. I've been hearing a lot about the the Miley sigh. Oh, but yeah. let's, I mean. <laughs> I'm into that song. <laughs> this isn't the Flowers podcast. Oh, this is the Swift Talk. Petty. I'm here for Petty though. I know, I know you are. That's kind of why I'm like, so apparently this has been a big deal for a while, but I have not, I, I don't have a. Smiley, Miley, Hannah Montana, Bananarama. Well, let's catch Dad up. Dad doesn't know what's happening. I don't know what you're So Miley about. Cyrus, for years now, had been married to Liam. They yep. weren't married for years. They, they were, were together. They weren't together. They were together. They got married. Mm-hmm. Then they weren't together. She's been with one of the Hemsworths. Liam Hemsworth. Liam Hemsworth. The yep. Australian hot frab Liam Hemsworth. That's how Australians talk. Like I didn't know. Yep. Uh, apparently... They he was cheating on her, had cheated on her, was continuing to cheat on her, something along those lines. They got a divorce. She just released her newest album last week. I think just the singles. I could be very wrong. Well, she released a music video for her new song Flowers on his birthday. The uh song is kind of it's it's shot, but it's supposed to be like a like a one shot esque on this nice big villa. Which apparently the mansion where it's also is the mansion where he was cheating on her with somebody. Allegedly. Lots of somebody's. And there's also like the, twenty seven somebody's. The uh dress and hairstyle that she's wearing is very reminiscent of the person who might have been the most prominent one to lie to her about no, 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 he's fine. No, he's just no. been cheating on her with. Well, I mean, Jennifer Lawrence said she had an inappropriate encounter with him, 2015. Oh, she did. Again, yeah. these things are not on my radar, so I get to look at this as like. Just yeah, no. I mean, so Jennifer eyes. Lawrence and Liam Hemsworth apparently, allegedly, misbehaved when they he was married to Miley. And she looks like a the Jennifer Lawrence dress and hairstyle from that era. So yeah, Miley and Shakira also released a hell of a. Forget you diss track for her ex. Do you know how Shakira found out she was being cheated on? Uh, no, I don't. She came home from be- doing a lot of traveling and the amount of jam in the jar was lower than it should have been. And she was the only one that ate it. So he had the mistress at the house and she was eating Shakira's jam and she's like, no. Okay. <sighs> yeah. Why men great till they got to be great guys. I don't get involved in uh, the gossip scene when it comes to the music business or the entertainment business because it's just all fluff. I don't know. I, I have been entertaining courtship for over nine months. Now going into a year, I think now it's going to be the time where I'm just going to be great and continue to be great and uh, people should want to date me. People do want to date you. You just don't return their text messages. <sighs> 
<laughs> so what's new with Taylor, Kate? <laughs> well, uh, it just came out that Taylor's Midnight's generated $230 million for Universal Music Group in a little over two months, 10 days, mm-hmm. which is 3% of their revenue for recorded music in 2022. I mean, that's, that's a big deal. Yeah, it's a huge deal. Mm-hmm. So Taylor's in the 3%. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we'd like her to be in the 10%, but that'll be next year. Well, isn't... Oh, okay, yeah, 10% grand total. She's in the top 10%. Um, so Universal Music Group being everyone that owns, what, Amazon and iTunes and streaming? Well, it's streaming. It's all recorded music. Uh, Universal has a lot of other things going on. Right. I'm sorry. I'm a little slow on the download with that sick burn you gave me. Uh, so <laughs> for the year 2022, she, she... With all their artists, everything they've got, she accounted for 3%. With one album. With one album. That's pretty with big. her brand new album. Yeah, yeah. Just Midnight. Because she released that September, October? October 21st. Yeah. So in just shy of three months, she Two got... Two months, 10 days. 3% of their revenue. Yep. Hot damn. Which made their quarter because they were trending down. Mm-hmm. That's our girl. She also has made an estimate, her tour so far has made an estimate of $591 million in ticket sales. And she hasn't even performed yet. Yep. Hasn't even gotten on stage. How much of that is she giving to charity? I don't know. I'm sure some. She does a lot. I hate that. I, I really know, hate I that, that thing. such a loaded bullshit it's question. such I'm a, because like, she does so much for her fans and for like animal charities. She gives back so much, oh, yeah. but she doesn't do it for the fanfare. Like. Just, I hate that. I'm sorry. I know it's such a it's such a jackass rumor, and I'm not calling you a jackass, no, no, no. but like I hate those. I know. It's just another way to like throw a dart at somebody who's doing well. Okay, it's, how much money is Drake giving to charity? Who's Drake? Josh and Drake. I know. It's it's such a. How much money do the Beatles give to charity? <laughs> What's Bruce doing over there? Which Bruce Springsteen? Yeah. I know. Yeah. And there's, I mean, if I want to deep dive into something, I ran on parade. No, that's it's it's huge though. These are monumental things. Yeah, these are big. And especially because you're considering, you know, Universal Music has a ton of employees. These stores have a lot of people working in a lot of different arenas. Her own people that are be doing the buses, doing the dances, doing the pyrotechnics, safety, security, everything. Yeah, this pays for a lot of people. Yeah, and she didn't even need a booking agent for this tour, Jason. I told her she didn't need one. Yep, must be nice. Must be nice. You're talking with Taylor. You're telling her you don't need a bookie. What about your cousin Ralph? So what's the song we're doing this week? We're not Kate? done with Taylor news yet. Oh, oh so sorry. I, you know, this is why I shouldn't be talking on the podcast. Well, I'm going to shut up you now. You know, you just, yeah, we see the CEO of Live Nation, which is the parent company of Ticketmaster. Yeah. Just crinkling away over there with your donut from Chrissy. <laughs> <laughs> Look what you did to the boy. You're making him stress eat that donut. He should have been enjoying it. This is why we bring him donuts this now. This <laughs> um, Not going anywhere for a while. Grab a donut. All right. The so, Senate Judiciary Committee has got the CEO of Live Nation coming. Yeah. For Wait. For Ticketmaster. Uh, Live okay, Nation owns okay. Ticketmaster. Right, right, right. So, it, so it's gotten that far that it's... It's a giant lawsuit about the emotional distress that these people were caused. It's or not the, emotional oh, no, distress. No, it's it's because, antitrust lawsuits. Right, because people bought tickets and they said we don't have the tickets and they sold it. To we're them. not even to that part yet. So this is just the fact that like you couldn't get tickets. Mm. It's an antitrust because you have to go through Ticketmaster and their fees and all of this. Yeah. 
Oh, yeah. No. Swifties are mad. We've got our gel pens, our quill pens. I mean, you guys are screaming down our with- fountain pens. You're screaming down with Thatcher, and you are going to burn live music at the stake. Yeah. I heart music. Uh, live Nation. Live Nation. Close. Mm-hmm. Got there. Got yeah. There. No, we're, we're ready for it. I mean, I have tickets, so I'm not going to push too much until after I've gone, but then- Mm-hmm. And Antihero just hit nine weeks at number one on the charts. Billboard? Yeah. Nice, nice, nice. That's still number one. It's still number one. It's record breaking. So here's a theory for you. The theory is that she was probably going to have already released Speak Now, Taylor's version, to get it ready for the tour, to get 1989 out, to have this kind of all buttoned up before she goes out and about. Mm Mm-hmm. But that'll take away from what Antihero is doing. And Antihero is still breaking records. So she doesn't want to compete with herself because. Well, this so is. So what does she do? I don't think she knows what to do right now. Well, we had talked about this months and months ago about, you know, well, what, what is she going to go on? Into- this is before everything was announced. This mm-hmm. is early 2022. We're talking about how. Uh, you know, is she going to go on tour? Should she should she hold up in Vegas and start being residency there? What's uh, she's just going to release all of her old albums, get a new album? This is the um, interesting thing of she's going to only be competing <clears throat> with herself, yeah, because there's not a lot of people that can compete with her. Which competition breeds glory. Can't wait to see who's going to go for the crown. But if she's the only one that's competing with herself, that. Yeah, she's not going to release it because she wants to make money, keep setting records, not chop yeah. her own legs yeah. up under her. But what if she's the only? What if it, the what only if, person to defeat Taylor Swift is Taylor Swift? Is what we are all thinking, which is why she's like, well, I don't know what to do now. My whole schedule's thrown off. Drake tried. Drake tried to defeat her the week after Midnight's came out, take over the whole top ten. Well, he's he really only fo- got nine of them. He's focused on his charity work right now. <laughs> yeah. Um, apparently I saw this on TikTok. I think there's a rumor going around, um, from the celebrity blind item site, Demois, that's saying that, um, Justin Bieber, who hates Taylor and is managed by Scooter Braun, who currently owns Taylor's masters, tried to buy bots to listen to Drake to knock Taylor off and Drake could get the top, got the top nine or got nine out of the top 10. He didn't get the top one mm-hmm. for a week and then fell off. Mm-hmm. Taylor's still hanging out there. So Drake couldn't even win over the artificial intelligence design over yeah. to listen to him. No, Taylor still beat that. And now with John Mayer releasing new music on the 26th, which will have already happened when you guys listen to this, mm-hmm. there's a thought that Dear John and Woulda Coulda Shoulda might be also trending and charting on that week. Interesting. Wait, Dear John, which record is that from? Speak Now. But that hasn't been re-released nope. yet. But so we're gonna not. So we're, it's probably gonna be coulda so shoulda woulda. We'll get the scooter brawn. Yeah, but it'll probably be coulda shoulda woulda. Taylor owns it. It's a little harsher, a little mm-hmm. more adult. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So Swifties. <sighs> what a petty week. I love it. I just love the petty. I love the petty. Love the petty. All right. Well, let's talk some Tom then. Let's get to the heartbreakers right now. Let's. We're gonna cut to uh, this is last dance with Mary Jane. So Isn't we're doing it so funny when he thinks he has jokes. 
Have you looked at my face? I'm a I living do. joke. I'm looking at you right now. I like the hair, though. Did you get your hairs cut? I did not. I have not had my hairs cut since I started the new job. It's so yeah. quaffed, though, today. Yeah, it looks it's good cool. today. It's like I got, perfectly parted. So Sometimes it's a little poof. A little poofy. So I get this a lot. I don't mean to be super tangential, but this happened again yesterday. Customers stop me, and they're like, I'm sorry. This You probably do get this a lot. Has anyone ever told you you look like... And at this point, I was like, okay, are you going to say Joaquin Phoenix? Or are you going to say Tom Selleck with a beard? Or like, no, we're going to say Joaquin, Joaquin. And I said, yeah, especially when it's the, like, I'm not there, Joaquin Phoenix. Like, it looks like he just walked in off the street with his suit and just out there space cadetting. Like, no, 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 you look good. You look good. And so getting ready for this podcast today, I thought about that in my head. I've thought about it all the times. So you brushed your hair today? I brushed my hair. I started to combine in my head because I entertained myself. I created the character of Christopher Joaquin Phoenix. Oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> so. so this week, we're listening. No. Mm-mm. I don't even want to know where this tangent's going to go, but it's going to be a long one. Wow. Hear the train coming. You can tell me all about it. You can buy me a margarita later and tell me all about it. Christopher Joaquin Phoenix, yeah, George yeah. Harrison Ford. Yeah. No, we got it. Mm-hmm. So this week, we're listening to Clean, off Taylor's 1989 album, an album she doesn't own, so we're not doing a Taylor version yet. So we're going to hit pause, you hit pause, and we'll be right back. Well, Sam. (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) (laughs) I wish I was... Anyway. Mm, What'd you say? Nothing. What'd you think? You're real punchy today. You know, I only meant well. It's all for the best. Did you guys eat donuts too on the way here? Oh, yeah, we, we did. Donut. <laughs> we did. <laughs> One of our blood sugars spiked more than the other. Mm-hmm. It was like yesterday we made uh, fresh wontons in the kitchen. And uh, uh, a now body of coworker, Kyle, had just come in from Long Island. I was like, Kyle, you got to have one of these wontons they made. You can't just have one. You're going to have a ton. Stupid jokes coming out of my brain hole right now. Listen to the top. So anyway. I have a strong uh, magnet, magnetic attraction to, it feels All things like. Taylor? No. Uh, it feels like to certain female artists that are known as a uh, independent artist that produce their own beats and lyrics. And in this case, it lines with somebody who uses more synthesizer, slightly electronica. Uh, Imogen Heap is co-writer, co-writer on this yeah. song. But like our girl, Noga Erez, uh, Kimbra out of New Zealand. Love I want to Kimbra. Uh, Netta, who's also from Israel. She is way more. She's like a Lizzo in Israel. She's very much super poppy dancey, where like Noga's more jazzy. Uh yeah, I I hear songs like this, and I'm like, I'm in it. What's up? What? It's like just the composition of it. It's simple, but the back beat, it's like bell tones. It just draws me in. It's a little hypnotic. I like yeah. it. Uh, looking over the lyrics, I stop just reading into it because I'm like, These, it's nice, but it's kind of all. I let the song take me away, like the pictures of him in the flood. Like all the memories. Okay. The drought was the very worst. 
not the water filling your lungs? No. <laughs> That's why I stopped reading. So do you want to get into this Let's a little get bit? Into this a lot of it, Kate. Can, can you tell me what album like was this where does this land in this is between? from Taylor Swift's album, nineteen eighty nine. It's after Red, before Reputation. All right. So it's it's way before Midnight's. It, yeah. Mm. But again, I always say I think Midnight's really was supposed to come or something like Midnight's was supposed to come after nineteen eighty nine. But then everything happened in her life, and she did a uh, reputation. Mm-hmm. Well, Karma- and I don't think her record label would have let her release a Midnight's type album then. Only because when you listen to the the music part, not the lyrics, the music of this song, it feels much more like something that's happening right now in Midnight's. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And it's like a precursor. And it feels, I mean, if she would have said to her label or her, or her you know, producers or anybody, just like, I want to make a full album that sounds like this song, that would be it. Well, and Kate's brought up this point a lot. If we look at Red, Red was the first time where half of it was poppy mm-hmm. and the rest of it was kind of like that light country pop again. They still didn't want her to take that chance. They, they could not have her be a deep diver into pop territory more or more unexplored Taylor Swift territory yet. But this song right here off of the next album, which was getting into more of that. This was poppy. a fully pop album. Yeah. There is no country on 1989. And just for like, just to help you place it kind of in the Taylor verse. Mm-hmm. It, um, the timeline. It was really controversial that Taylor had fully walked away from country. Like people didn't know what to do with it. Was this going to be a big flop? Was she going to succeed? How were people going to react to it? And it was, it's her biggest album. Yeah. Because of Shake It Off. What's but also. Her, what's her biggest album? 1989. Now? It's bigger than Midnight's now? I mean, it's been out longer. So, yeah. The, so, did she. I mean, Midnight's is definitely, this is, again, a bookend to 1989. But if you go back to, like, Folklore was really huge in expanding her fan base. Each album brings in a different layer of fans. And so now that we're standing at, what, 10 fully made albums to re-records, I think a lot of people are looking around being like, oh, there really is a Taylor album for everyone. Mm-hmm. Jason, case in point. Yes, I do own one Taylor Swift album. It's one more than me. We'll find you one. This one probably it would be 1989 would be a Sam one. No, it's funny. Um you know I love getting DMs from our listeners. It makes me so happy. It does. <laughs> but one of our listeners, Maddie, who I think lives in California, sent one. And she's like, I would like to send you guys friendship bracelets. Because, you know, the whole friendship project for the tour. Mm-hmm. Sam's got to get braiding. We talk about friendship bracelets all the time. And I have no idea what the hell you're talking about. Oh, uh, like, what are they? What's that? What's the story hey, on that? You know how... Uh, I have to be. You gonna trade him at the Pearl Stadium? Yeah. No, I have to be in the parking lot through the podcast, but I'm not allowed inside the building for a ticket. Uh, Guess what else I'm expected to do? Make friendship bracelets for everybody that Kate gets to pass out and say, I made these for you. Not me. People who listen to the podcast know you made them. So, anyway, (laughs) she's making us each a, a bracelet, a friendship bracelet. She's gonna mail them to us. She's making you a Midnight's one, Jason. Sam's getting a 1989 one. <laughs> she's make me a red one. Isn't that so great? So great. We got to get braiding. We? Well, <laughs> I'm the Ugh. details one. You're the creative one. 
remember when we picked our roles? I thought this was, you know. And I forgot that uh, physical labor falls under creative because it's body <laughs> movement, everybody. Yeah. So I just want to give you a statistic that says that she sold 10.5 million copies of 1989 so far. 10.5 million. And she sold six of Midnight's in what, two or three months? Six million copies? That's, uh, this will be definitely her most oh, popular, yeah. you know. Midnight's is definitely going That's what to be I, I was just trying to figure out, like, how many have she sold? Is this more popular? I think over, by the end of the year, she's going to surpass all the albums, yeah. all those albums, records. Oh, absolutely. Midnight's but, is kind of like VE day, where it's just, it's now all over the world. Um, 1989 was kind of like Normandy. It left a giant impression. It, it's the most talked about. Yeah. Well, it was the big departure. Mm-hmm. You know, everyone had been like, oh, Taylor Swift, she's country. I just don't do country. She's country. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And now she's out there just making this album. And I love this album so much because there's no actual like time period. Like you can't place it. And this obviously was made in 2012 because she mentions brand X, Y, and Z and this contemporary of hers like it's a total album that can be placed you can take the whole thing drop it today mm-hmm. and it's going to be just as relevant i mean you think it's things she's learned from past artists i think you see that a lot with the beatles it doesn't have a static moment yeah she's not like my iphone in mm-hmm. 20 years of like okay she's not talking about beats by dre or ear pods or beepers or beepers or but like it's beepers. like the beatles beepers or payphones beatles and payphones michael jackson like these artists who stand the Ooh. test of time have continued to do that their music continues to be relatable because they don't box themselves in to a certain era mm, the error of having a defined era <laughs> the music does not have a defined era that's why Taming of the Shrew is not as good as Romeo and Juliet because Taming of the Shrew, they, all they kept saying was what year it was and who's the Archduke. And Well, it's a good thing that they then followed it up with 10 Things They Hate About You. <laughs> so let's talk about Imogene and how she made an uh, awesome song and how the Nationalists and them were just like, oh, let's just grab what we've had people help you with and improve upon it. Let's talk, I don't know, let's talk back to the song. Who's this about? What, what flood of 10 months of sobriety and 10 months being older... Still wanting to go back, but knowing that's only going forward. Well, it's 1989, so obviously it's about Harry Styles. Okay. Don't. I was two years old. All right, relax. In 1989? Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> but it's the album, 1989. Oh, well, see, that's the thing right there. She just established where the arrow was. and oh, that's. jeez. Anyway. So she's talking about the Styles. She's talking about Harry. So apparently she was in the Liberty Hotel at London. And it hit her that she'd been in the same city as her ex for two weeks. And it hadn't like occurred to her. She hadn't thought about him. It hadn't been a thing. And she's like, oh, huh. I guess I finally came, got over it. I'm finally clean. So so it's about that point after you go through this breakup that mm-hmm. just won't end. Mm-hmm. And it's the, you go, you know, you know. Yeah. They're on your brain constantly. Mm-hmm. All the time. Middle of the night, middle of the day, doesn't matter. They it's, just pop in there until finally you're like, I haven't thought about this person for two weeks. and huh. I should have. Like, I should be flooded with this. Like, I'm in their city and it doesn't. Yeah. You're just like, oh, okay. And then you kind of just 
appreciate that for a second and then you just keep moving away from that. Yeah. And yeah. you're like, oh, okay. Like, I don't want to go back there. It's been 10 months. I'm 10 months older. I'm wiser. I've done it. Like, it's all turned to dust. It's all like, it went from bright and vibrant to, you know, just gone. I don't want this to come off as me um, talking about le- labeling her as immature. But I do have a question for you when it comes to like a song like this. Okay. And I wanted to compare it directly to something like All Too Ten. Okay. Do you feel like this 1989 is more of the adult Taylor that we get to see more and more of in this album going forward? Because it's a different approach to handling these moments. There's a lot of raw emotionality realism on red Uh and going into this. It's not like a, not a big deal moment. It is a bit of a celebratory moment, but Uh it's also something that comes with more experience and more time. Do you feel like, like, do you feel like red starts to define her as the adult that now sings and writes for everyone? Or do you feel like it's 1989 or later? Like the, the someone who's like, I, I know right for it. These are universal feelings that everyone gets gets to go through. Um, I think for me, Red is that girl in the coffee shop playing her music, hoping to make it. Mm-hmm. And 1989 is the superstar who realizes that like her dreams came true. And it's just her that made it happen. Mm-hmm. And she's got to live her best life. And so, yeah, I do think this is absolutely her starting to grow as both an artist and a songwriter. I think it's her being able to a little bit plant the flag Mm -hmm. that she's not this like teeny bopper 12 year old playing in a or 16 year old playing in a coffee shop. It's just and it she starts to get a little bit more adult. It's a little less. Oh. Taylor's for all ages. Like I would not call the midnight album an album for young girls to pop around to, but debut fearless speak now red to some extent. Like those are ones where she doesn't really talk about grown up things. She talks about getting her heart broken, Mm -hmm. but it's also a love story. And it's, this is where like the wisdom starts. Yeah. It keeps happening. Like, experiences everything that keeps happening to you. Well, and I think red is where her heart gets shattered. In 1989, she goes through this kind of, I don't, I think I'd call Harry Styles a situationship where it was kind of a relationship, but it wasn't really fully formed or fully, it was like jetting off to places and having fun and then going back to your life. Right. The emotions are real, but Mm -hmm. not the, but the context. Context. Yeah. The context is missing a lot of pieces. Mm -hmm. Even if you're like, yeah, I I thrilled every day I see this person. Oh my, yeah, we're, of course just, we're having dinner together. Of course we're gonna get a toothbrush, but it's heady. You're in yeah. this like whirlwind where you do all these amazing things and it's so fun and you kind of feel like you're in this relationship, but you're not doing the mundane. Like you're not having the fights because you're not together long enough mm-hmm. in the same place. Yeah, so. you're not having the quiet moments. You're not yeah. having. You have those blow ups on the phone and then you go somewhere, do something fun, see each other for a little while, and then you go back to your life as it is and. Your life doesn't change. Their life doesn't change, but you don't have a life really together. Mm-hmm. And so I think this is her kind of coming out of that being like, this breakup didn't kill me. Mm-hmm. I got to the other side of it. We had a lot of fun. We had a lot of not fun. We figured it out. And here I am 
doing what I want to do, how I want to do it. And I didn't need him or anybody else. Yeah. Well, I mean that, that line that's there, um, just paraphrasing is not pulling up my phone right now. 10 months sober doesn't mean I want, don't want to go back or don't want to try that again well, yeah. or I didn't enjoy it. And I think that's like a really easy line to relate to because there's always that in the back of your head when you see them or you think about them, you're like, Oh, there was some good there. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, yeah. I, that's, <laughs> I've seen uh, somebody that's like, okay, red flags, red flags, red flags. And I, I looked at them and was like, yeah, but that was like, there were some good, like the, the feelings of course were real. Yeah. But I think like <laughs> the context isn't there, isn't there. Or you create a context that wasn't real. And yeah. That, you write your own narrative. Yeah. In this case, I don't think that I think it's the former as opposed to the latter. I think that it's the there were just the, too many missing bits. Yeah. And I love that this is the last song on the actual album that she did, because okay. I feel like I, I do love that Taylor writes an album. You kind of can follow through the narrative through the whole thing. And on 1989, she's moving to New York. Mm-hmm. She's living her life. She's shaking off the haters. She oh, she moves to New York. She makes fun of her reputation. She's shaking off the haters. Are we out of the woods? Did we make this work? That push and pull. And then she gets to it. And the end, she's like, you know what? I'm finally clean. I checked off the boxes. I did these things and I got to do them on my own. Mm-hmm. And you were here for some of it, but it wasn't real. Right. And so I'm on the other side now and I can look back and yeah, there were some bright lights and some shiny things and, but I'm also, I'm good. It's, it is, uh, the credits are rolling. It it is the end of a film. It's that type of song and it fits. I feel like the sonically and emotionally, this would be at the end of like one of those nineties friends rom-com movies. Mm Mm-hmm. Or in the last 20 minutes, something serious has just happened that mm-hmm. needs to be finished. It's resolved. It's like a friend dies. They yeah. get back together. Mm-hmm. And even, it, I mean, what is it? There's some romantic comedy where it's Vince Vaughn and uh, Jennifer Aniston. Yeah. And they, it's, they're together and they break up. And it's like you're watching the rise and fall of their relationship. Mm-hmm. But they cross paths at the end of the movie. And it's like, no, it's, it's not. Yeah, it's nice to see you. I'll take it easy. And they, it's kind of them. Walking away, like they'll look over and like, oh, that, like looking yeah. back at the person, but they're still moving in their own directions. And that's like, if you wanted to give it more gravity, you'd play this song. Like, imagine this at the end of uh, uh, the Graduate, where it's them on the <laughs> bus, and instead of like, instead of Simon and Garfunkel playing, it's this song. Yeah. And then you realize that it's two people on two different buses going away from each other, not mm-hmm. in the same bus. Like it's yeah, it's that. It's that closure moment that you need and that you reach for when you're going through that breakup. And, and you th- and they always happen not when you are the most desperate and need it the most. It happens because you've you've been beaten down. You're no longer raw anymore. Yeah, you've just kind of you've pieced yourself back together a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you think Scooter Braun's gonna have that moment anytime soon? No, I think he's gonna keep just punching him like a little punching bag. Just punch, fine. Punch through the roof, Belly. Fine. You know, karma. Karma's from boyfriend. Karma is a cat on my lap on the weekends. Yep. Karma is <laughs> a 
Volkswagen. Is a dice that you need to roll now. What? <laughs> Wait, there's so much more to talk about. What, what are we talking about? Well, you just keep trying to move this along. It's like you have something else you want to do today. Well, there's some donuts left over. I got to, you know, hit up. <laughs> then I got to get back on the treadmill, says Sam. Yeah. I am. Sam I think was you a little mean. At the same time. No. What, what, else do, what else do we need to talk about about the song? Well, Kate? now I've been thrown off. My I don't know. Now I'm thrown off. So I guess we can just roll the dice. No, no, no. I I'm not, I have nothing to do today. The Rain hook. came pouring down when I was drowning. That's when I could finally breathe. Yeah, yeah. Mm, mm. We've been told to wrap it up. So. All right. Well, let's let the flood. Did she make a good away. video for this song? No, no video for this song, guys. Really? Wow. Sad. There's a lyric video. You can watch that. Would you like to watch that? No, I don't want to see text rolling <laughs> down the screen as I'm tuning in every week as we listen. All right. I'm going to roll the dice for the album. All right. Let me get roll. ready. All right. You get ready. I'm gonna... all rushing me. Feeling very I, rushed today. I'm. My apologies. Uh, I'll take this time then and just say we appreciate and we think about you often. Jill Petruziello, oh we hope you wherever you are. She survived Fletcher's birthday. So she survived she's... her birthday and Fletcher's birthday. <laughs> Um, if you, if listeners, if you've ever seen, um, I want to say it's the Rachel slap from friends where it's like the shut. Oh no, it's Elaine. It's Elaine from Seinfeld. The shut up. And it's like the big push. Just imagine that. Imagine seeing somebody on their birthday, like 15 times doing that to somebody, but not saying shut up. And it's just always out of nowhere for no reason, but it's meant with love. You know what? I was here for it. I (laughs) was here for it every single time. I just laughed. I I once heard of a masseuse described as the most loving baseball bat you'll ever meet. And I saw that in personification the other night on their birthday. I was like, this is like literally bam. I love you. Love hurts. All right. Roll the dice. Album six, which is red is four. 1995. Six is reputation. Yep. <laughs> yep. Papa, I'm learning. Look at my education. All right. This is all very exciting for me. How many songs are we thinking on? Repi? Reputation has 15. Now, when I was looking over this earlier, I saw that 1989 had like a bonus double deluxe album, stuff like that. Yeah, we've listened to some a song off that. That's Do, where New Romantics lives. Does Reputation not have that? Nope. Really? Yep. Interesting. Roll. Two. End game. Do you know who this features? Does it feature any of the Avengers? No. Chris Evans? Does it feature? Nope. 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 Good Hemsworth? Nope. 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 Paul Rudd? Nope. Ed Sheeran? (laughs) Hey, there's a. And Future. Future? Future. The artist Future? Uh huh. Interesting. Uh huh. Huh, and buckle game. up, boys. All right, uh, we have just done clean off of 1989. Next week, we're doing Avengers Endgame. Not Avengers. Will Thanos snap their fingers to the beat and Taylor Swift is defeated? Will Taylor Swift defeat Taylor? Tune in. You know, I tell my uh, customers when I'm talking about the podcast because I talk to my customers about the podcast. Sorry, uh, th- nice little humble brag you did right there as you s- as you soften the soccer punch. Keep going. <laughs> and I say, I try to turn Sam into a Swifty, and Sam tries to talk about anything other than Taylor. I think this episode really personified that. So I think what a lot of people don't realize is that 
if you look at the Bat family, it starts with Bruce Wayne okay, as Batman. So, and there's obviously no, Alfred as no, the nope. third father, but there's Tim Drake as the first Robin. Jason Todd is the second we can Robin edit this who out, dies right? and then becomes the Red Hood, reincarnated <laughs> because the Lazarus Pith, which is going to deal with Grace Al Ghul. We'll get back to that. Tim Drake is the third Robin, but there have been other. You know that when people stop listening before it's over, we lose points, right? So next week, we'll be back with Endgame. Thanks for listening. If you haven't already, make sure to like, follow, subscribe, and review. Please don't punish me for Sam. Just because I have a who's lines that anyway attitude where I think the points don't matter. Didn't even realize we were getting points. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Send tequila. I'm not so of Sam, clearly. Uh, <laughs> I'm Kate the Swifty. We'll be back next week with Endgame off Reputation. Thanks for listening. 